Uh, Just uh, go ahead and pull your mic closer to you there. Uh, yeah. So Can you hear me now? Trying to pick it up. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Good. So everybody can hear everything in their headphones okay? Yeah. Good deal. Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll go ahead and start. Um, you want to do the, I'll let you intro and, yeah. and do the introduction for us. So go ahead. All right. Welcome to another episode of Business Brews and BS. Um, we're here at 1911 Grill, and we have a special guest, Diana Settle from Back to Basics Massage Therapy. So uh, without further ado, uh, why don't everyone just introduce themselves? We'll start with uh, JB. All right. John Adams, as usual, the, the, the host here with Audwin. Uh, JB Adams Designs. We are a kind of a small uh, cabinet cabinet builder remodeler, um, and just kind of started this to uh, to discuss other people and how they uh, have started a business and grew a business. And we are we are not picky. We don't look for just the Fortune 500 out there. We want the the everyday Joe, um, so to speak, and how they built a business and how they grew it and the struggles they went through. And um, with that, I'll hand it off to Diana and let you kind of do your intro, and we'll go from there. All right. Hey, so I'm Diana Settle, and I'm with Back to Basics, uh, formerly with Back to Basics uh, Massage Therapy. I just re- re- just recently changed the name to my business to Back to Basics Coaching and Bodywork as I'm expanding um, in new ways to help serve my clients. And I have nearly 20 years experience as a massage therapist, and I have a yoga teacher background too. And um, recently added title, Body Mind Coach. And what that is, is really, um, as I've, you know, built my massage practice, I I mean, massage is a passion of mine, um, but connecting with people is a bigger passion of mine. And what I've found that what I do is, it goes beyond just massage therapy. And um, over the years, my clients have opened up to me and they started talking to me and, you know, I've come to realize that a lot of our conversations, you know, as I'm listening to them, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, (laughs) their patterns of stress and their habits are keeping them coming in to see me, which is fine. (laughs) Um, And, you know, the massage, the bodywork session, while in the moment can feel great, and they get up and leave and they go back out into their everyday lives and their same stresses. Their, the same stresses and the strain pattern strain the same patterns mm-hmm. and um they come back you know two weeks or, or a month later and we're kind of back to square one mm-hmm. so that's why i'm incorporating the coaching piece in and really what i realize is i've been coaching my clients this whole time i just haven't right. put i the, haven't put owned the title yeah. of yeah. it yeah um and with that, you know, it's funny. I just did a Facebook Live on this. So with the whole massage therapist title, like we all want like a title mm-hmm. to associate with. And it's just too hard to like, I don't know, encapsulate that if that's a word, like what we do in just one yeah. word. <laughs> Phrase, yeah. yeah. And that's why, like, and as far as massage therapist goes, I'm kind of like veering more towards body worker because I feel like massage is actually limiting. Like body work is this umbrella and massage kind of fits underneath right. it. Right, So, um, I don't know. I guess I'm in this identity crisis. Like, as far <laughs> as where my title goes and what I do and... Well, but you yeah. know, I, I think that that shows something that after spending, you know, why'd you say 20 years? Yeah, you know, I'm in my 19th year. This, mm-hmm. 
you know, that you're still looking at ways to, you know, grow, expand, change, mm -hmm. um, you know, adapt your business to, to really a, a changing market. Yes. You know, because, uh, you know, within the last, you know, five to ten years, I think there's been a big growth in life coaches. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, because, uh, you know, in business you always look for mentors and things like that. But, you know, on a certain aspect, you're, you're a life coach, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think is what a lot of people look for. Mm -hmm. You know, someone how to, how, to, how to guide them not just in business decisions but life decisions. Mm -hmm. And so you're in that moment with them to where they're, you know, they're coming to you with stress. They're coming to you with physical issues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said, ma massage is a, a relief. It's a temporary mm -hmm. relief you know, in that moment. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, they come back again and they're right back at square one because, mm -hmm. you know, the stresses, the things that they're dealing through, they still never work through those. Right, yeah. And so it's kind of the, um, you know, not to get to the cheesy part, but the, the mind, body, spirit, yep. you know, aspect of, you know, really starting to encompass everything yes. in what you're doing. So I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome to really, mm -hmm. to run across somebody that's done something for, for 19 years right. um, and has, has got the ability to look back and say, you know what, I've kind of been doing this aspect the whole time time with a lot of my mm -hmm. clients and I really need to change my business to yeah. to really show that and, mm -hmm. uh, and what's also awesome is that you're diversifying your tool set like what you're mm -hmm. offering people like yeah you've mm -hmm. been doing it all along but mm -hmm. now you get to celebrate it and promote it basically right. like I'm doing I, I yeah okay we in full disclosure so I've known Diana for like 12 years now so and my wife Vicky has always said that the best massages that she's got are from Diana oh. and each time it was when she she's really really particular about going to get a massage so she only goes when she's in like chronic pain there's things going on like and she each time she's gone is when it's been a situation like that mm -hmm. and she's always left like thank god Diana's there <laughs> so I've I've watched her I've watched Diana over over a decade which is insane um, you'll build her business and build her clientele. And I've always been impressed with how professional you are and also how, um, like it almost seems exclusive, like your client, like you're not, you're not sending blogs out to get tons of people to come mm -hmm. in. You're very selective about the people that you cater mm -hmm. to. And, and I love that exclusivity because that also shows, um, a high level of proficiency at what you do. So yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, anybody that's, that's built, built their own business, um, that's what you work towards. You work towards that kind of selective nature of one day I want to be selective and I want to only take on the clients that I want. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I don't want to, because, you know, when you're growing and you're new, yeah. you know, as, as me and Aldwin have talked about, you know, over our last few years of, of our startups is you're, you're, you're grabbing everything. Yes. <laughs> if somebody's willing to pay you and put money out there, yeah. you're going to grab it yeah. and yeah. it may not be a fit and it may not be in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and you'll pay for it later yeah. when you figure out that I shouldn't have taken this job on, but you yeah. do it because you know what you just, you want the cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. you know, so to get to that point to where you can start be a little selective with your cash flow, um, you know, but but as with any business, you still need to grow. You still mm -hmm. want to grow and you still want to plan, mm -hmm. you know, so it's kind of that, you know, is it easier to go out and find more customers or is it easier to find uh, more services to with the customers right. I have, you know, and it's always easier, you know, to have more services for your existing customers. 
And, you know, and, and that's, that sounds like mm -hmm. that's kind of what you're doing is you're going that approach of you've got good customers, they've trusted you, they've worked mm -hmm. with you for years, and now you're just kind of being, you know, probably more honest with what you're actually doing for them and have been mm -hmm. doing for them for years. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's great. I think yeah. It's great. It's funny. I wanted to pick up on what you just said about like when you first start out and you'll just take anything. I think sometimes you have to do that just to see like in order to know what it is that you do want and how you want to run your business, you mm -hmm. have to figure out what it is you don't want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. And you don't know until you yeah, try. Absolutely. And it's like, absolutely. okay, I won't yeah. do that again. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a, it's a perfect thing because it's something that, that I've been dealing with here over the last, the last, you know, few months. Um, as we've, you know, we've, we've looked at a couple businesses to acquire, to expand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I do now is completely not my background. You know, mm -hmm. my background, I've got an, an MBA in accounting. I spent 20 years in corporate America in sales and traveling mm -hmm. all over and dealing with, you know, national accounts and Fortune 500s. And now I'm, I'm, you know, started a business in 2016. I hit a point where I just couldn't do it anymore. And I just up and quit one day out of nowhere. Wow. Told my wife when she got home, um, I, I think I quit my job today. How did that conversation you know? go? Um, you know, props to my wife because she never batted an eye. Never batted an eye, never hesitated, um, which gave me tremendous confidence because she looked, she knew, one, she knew um, how unhappy I'd become, mm -hmm. you know, in what I was doing and just the travel that was involved and being away from home um, and just, you know, what we sold and outsourcing, um, you know, you're eliminating jobs and companies when mm -hmm. you outsource stuff. Um, you know, now on, on the flip side, a company, you know, a big company has to remain efficient. They have to remain right. profitable because they may have 20,000 employees that they've, if they're not profitable, they can't employ 20,000 people. Right. Right. So helping them stay profitable and efficient and competitive, mm -hmm. you know, may cost them 10 employees, but it helps the other, you know, 19,990 that they do right. employ. Um, but it's still, it's, it's rough when you go in and you, you have to look the people in the eye that you know at the end of the day you're going to replace, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, through part of the mm -hmm. process. And that wears on you after a while. Yeah. Um, and it just wasn't, it wasn't something that I had a passion for. Yeah. You know, and my, my grandpa was a woodworker and a builder, um, and I grew up around it. And mm -hmm. it took me a while to get back to that fact that I really enjoyed that and loved it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, but I, I had no idea what, what the business took and what it took mm -hmm. to do it. And so I just jumped in. My wife came home. I told her I think I quit my job today. She looks at me and says, you know what, I'm really not worried. You've always been a good provider for the family and I, I don't, I'm not worried, yeah. you know, which gave me a big boost of confidence right. and a huge weight, you know, off me and on me at the same time because it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, she, did, she doesn't realize how, how out in the dark I am right how now. How freaked out I yeah. am right now. <laughs> um, Isn't it nice that you had that support oh, from her? Oh, it, it's, it's, it's. It's invaluable. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, so over a couple of years, it really took um, trying a lot of different things to mm -hmm. figure out where our niche was, what mm -hmm. we were good at, what we could do. Um, and then I had to learn it. I had to learn it from the ground up. And I mm -hmm. didn't learn it by going out and hiring subcontractors and things like that. I had to be hands-on with it and mm -hmm. going out and learn, well, how, what does this take? And so we misquoted jobs. I lost mm -hmm. money on stuff. And But it's part of the learning curve. Yeah. You know, you learn by doing, you learn by doing. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and, um, you know, I think that's lost on a, 
on, wow. a, on a generation today that's coming oh. up that, oh. that yeah. wants to yeah. you know just just give it to me just show it to me on my phone you know mm-hmm. that now some some life lessons you just you only learn by doing right exactly um, and so now we've we've spent three years doing it and so we're looking at you know making some acquisitions now to to be able because I don't want to be the guy swinging the hammer and doing the manual labor forever mm-hmm. um, but you've got to learn it so that you can one manage those people mm-hmm. um, they've got to respect you and have confidence in you um, that you know what you're doing yeah and so you know we've spent our time learning that and paying our dues and now we're ready to kind of take that next step. Um, but back to your business, you know, so to see the fact that, that 19 years later, mm-hmm. you know, here I am in year three, kind of looking at changes and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and to think that, man, you know, what changes will we be looking at 19 years down the road? I mean, yeah. I think that's impressive. I think that's really impressive because so many people would become complacent after mm-hmm. 19 years of doing one thing, they would become complacent, they would become satisfied, mm-hmm. and they would just kind of coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, really, that's kind of, you know, that's one way that's what we work for right um but to still have the drive to to look at it and say you know what i'm i want to do more i want to do more i want to add more i want to contribute more Mm -hmm. and you get a you get a different level of personal satisfaction Mm -hmm. um than you know i do or odwin does because you know you're 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 making physical and emotional mental changes in people Mm -hmm. you're you're helping them grow and helping them develop Mm -hmm. um and i that takes a special a special tool set you know, so that I think that's awesome. I think so, really awesome. W- w- Diana, what would you say is like? How do you, how do you proceed to grow your client base? Like, okay, you're adding the coaching in mm-hmm. with the physical side of things. So, how do you, how do you approach? Okay, I'm going to implement this. Mm-hmm. What if you, what if, what if a client's like, I just, I'm just here for. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> that's kind of where that's the gap that I'm in right now. And I shouldn't say gap because that just sounds uh, like it's a place I don't want to be. It's I'm in that transitionary period where um, I'm offering coaching, and for the clients that want it, great. And yeah. for the ones that just want massage right now, then that's totally cool. Maybe they'll eventually evolve into coaching with massage. Um, there will. I mean, I foresee it in a few years that yeah. it's potential that it may be a shit or get off the pot moment like where like okay this is where my business is going right Um, and and there's like eight other massage therapists in our building now so it's like I have people I can hand right off to right right um, which I've always done anyway I've always referred clients like if if I was just too booked or if it for whatever reason it just like I only want to work with people that I know I can help for one thing and it has to feel aligned on both accounts you know it's like I mean I'm in a space with someone for like an hour and a half to two hours at a time and like if our energies don't vibe, I mean, you were talking about like being yeah. cheesy. Like I'm all about being cheesy. Like we can totally get cheesy and woo woo because that's <laughs> that's me. But like, um, but you're in very personal space with somebody. Very personal space, <laughs> and so and and people like sometimes people come in and unload, and I'm working on my own boundaries around that. Like especially with the coaching because coaching can be misconstrued as counseling. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. And, you know, coaching is all about kind of um, shedding some light on, you know, turning off the blinders and shedding some light on some of those blind spots um, that people may have because, really, you have the answers within. Right. It's just having that guidance um, to help you move forward and create more aligned decisions for you. You know, like somebody that's coming in that's going through a crisis mode and they're wanting to, like, you know, it's like, okay, that's where – you know, that's where counseling comes yeah. in, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I got off on a tangent and it's like, oh, what were we talking about just now? 
Um, yeah. I, I, I've also often wondered if you ever considered bringing someone in, mm-hmm. showing them how you do what you mm-hmm. do, yes, and growing it that way. Now it's it's a yeah. weird thing because mm-hmm. I can relate to I, well JB as well. Mm-hmm. Like that person becomes a stamp of you, and mm-hmm. so they represent what you built and your standards yeah. and all those things. And if they don't do it the way you would do it, it causes mm-hmm. you collateral damage right not them so you ever have you thought about bringing someone in and expanding maybe getting a bigger studio gotcha blah, blah, blah. yes and that was the original question and then i started going off on a tangent <laughs> no, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's okay chase squirrels we're we're, <laughs> we're free, free flowing here yeah, yeah that's right that was the question um yeah i've thought about it i think if i did that i would need to move out of our building and i love our building because it wouldn't be very cost effective to have two separate rooms i mean by the time you pay for two yeah. separate rooms you yeah, should yeah. really just convert like yeah. a house or yeah. a storefront or something yeah. and i've thought about that and really and that's what the question was like how do you um start implementing and growing the clientele and um really like i've been i've created some programs for people mm-hmm. like I, right now i have a six week and a 12 week program that people can work with me and that does include body work too oh cool um, and it's really uh, what we just talked about, about um, creating changes so that they're better managing their stress or, um, you know, just creating ways to feel better and get better sleep and managing their anxiety. That's really in the spaces between the sessions. And yeah. so that's why I've created the six week, like six week programs and yeah. 12 week. And I can kind of custom tailor, like if people want shorter or longer, I can custom tailor that. But it's really about um, creating adding that level of support in between the sessions that's because awesome. yeah that's awesome so and as far as that goes like my one-on-one clientele will probably stay the same or maybe even less yeah. <laughs> because i would rather work with fewer people one-on-one on a deeper level right mm-hmm. um and then i i do have some ideas in the pipeline for creating like some online programs and things like that so that i can reach more the masses mm-hmm. that way and mm-hmm. of course that for me that creates more passive income that's not tied to my table right because yeah. that's what you know i was thinking about some of the hurdles and obstacles what you were asking me about um just like a lot of businesses but especially my industry you know that time for money trap yeah you know it's yeah. that um oh my gosh in order to make money i have to take so many clients and really i mean i've been practicing for 19 years and i mean i'm gonna own it that is pretty amazing because depending on which um study read the average practitioner lasts five to seven years i've also read two to three so i think it just depends and i think there's many reasons it's a very physically taxing job and when i went to school they told us like all right if you think you're going to make a lot of money doing this um you're in the wrong profession and um and we're all very heart-centered practitioners we want to help everyone and we're also taught so we're taught that and so we're already taught like this money belief like you shouldn't be making money doing yeah. this. You should be helping people. Well, money is bad. Money's bad. And, and that's another hurdle I've worked on, like my beliefs about money. And we all have them. Um, and then also the belief is like, keep your rates affordable and book yourself solid. Well, guess what? <laughs> that fries yeah. massage therapists yeah. out. Yeah. And the irony yeah. is like, yeah, we're making, we're helping our clients feel better, but tearing our own bodies up and yeah. in the process. Yeah. So, um, so really like um yeah just the fact that i've been able to practice for 19 years when the industry averages like five is pretty and i've just learned what not to do right (laughs) overbooking myself and i've just scaled back the amount of clients that i see because um i've just figured out a way to work in a way that's sustainable right right. how many clients i see and just 
um, yeah. and how I work. Yeah, and you touched on something that you know we we've talked about in the past of, you know, when a when a business is really tied to you and your skill set, mm-hmm. um, you know, the challenge is it's kind of their earning while you sleep mm-hmm. to figure out a way to create yeah. a product or something where you can generate revenue and income mm-hmm. when you're not physically involved yes. that's the challenge yeah. you know and it's the same thing Audwin deals with that with his art yep. you know mm-hmm. I deal with that now because I have a a perfectionist type mindset mm-hmm. you know I mean and you know a story I often relate to is when I was in college I felt typing three times mm-hmm. and it it goes back to this mindset of I could type but when you do those, it, it's all constituted on passing typing of when you you have to do the time test. Yeah. So many words yeah. in a minute with yeah. so oh, few I mistakes. Oh, I sucked at that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. sucked at it because yeah. I'm typing and I realize I made a mistake. Yeah. And mm. all of a sudden, 20 mistakes stream yeah. out after that mm-hmm. because I can't get out of my mind. Mm-hmm. So I had to game the system in college. I still never passed typing. It was a prerequisite for a lot of business mm-hmm. courses. I never passed it, but I learned as long as I registered for the next class while I was in it, mm-hmm. they would let it on pass. Ah. And so they oh. never went back and checked that he <laughs> failed this class or dropped it before it became official. <laughs> So you'd register for the next key, the next typing class? No, oh, I would register oh. for the next like an like accounting one or whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, typing one was a prerequisite right. for accounting one, I and so see. you couldn't register for accounting one if you hadn't taken typing one. Yeah, that's well, hilarious. That's genius. That's on, <laughs> on the backside of you're supposed to have passed right. typing one right. prior to accounting right. one. But I learned that as long as I was currently in yeah. typing one when I registered for next semester's classes. Mm-hmm. That's you know, awesome. they never followed up at the end of the <laughs> semester. That's awesome. So I, I finally was able to figure it out that I don't have to pass this class. Right. I just awesome. need to register for next semester right. prior to dropping it because I'm failing it. And you I found can't. like a loophole. I found a loophole. That's yeah. straight up some Lex Luthor stuff right, right yeah. there. Right. That's some straight Lex Luthor <laughs> right. shit right there. <laughs> well, I was thinking Tim Ferriss, too. Yeah, like, right. Did you ever read Tim oh, Ferriss' yeah, yeah. four-hour work, four hour week? work like week? When he figured out how to like win at the, what was it, like the some martial arts competition, like cut weight like overnight. Like it wasn't breaking a rule. It was working within the rule. Right, right. As long as nobody at where I did my undergrad, which I won't mention, Flags. As long as they don't start checking transcripts now, I'm still good. Um, yeah, but I, I never, I never. After three attempts of typing one, I never passed the class. It was always a fail oh or a gosh. drop. I would drop it before it became official. Um, That's funny. In order to get me by, yeah, because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do mm-hmm. it when I hit the when I hit the flaw. I just yeah. mentally lost it because mm-hmm. I, I felt the need to go back and correct the mistake, and I couldn't get past it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's been the hardest thing of growing my business is mm-hmm. trusting somebody to have the same commitment to the mm-hmm. attention to detail that I have. Yeah, and I'm sure it's the same way with you. Of you know, you have a certain way that you relate to your clients that they trust that mm-hmm. they um, are attracted to. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. that they relate to and so finding somebody that would have the same commitment to giving the same yeah. good advice the same commitment and attention to detail to your customers you have that's a challenge i think mm-hmm. that's a challenge for everybody mm-hmm. you know and so that's that's well, tough and that's the thing too is i think for me my whole um thing around that is um you know you 
you get you take on an employee and eventually they're gonna fly they're gonna leave the nest right. too. they're gonna build up their clientele and, right. and take off too because eventually because they're you know you make more money that way so yeah. I guess that's one of those little limiting beliefs I have around that like yeah. oh you know if I take on somebody because I'm not that I'm probably not the kind of person that's gonna make someone sign a non-compete right right I mean, right. I don't even know if those technically always hold up in court anyway, but I just, I don't know. I just feel like um, create a great work environment and you don't have to have one of those. And I, I just know that's part of the process if yeah. somebody's going to leave. And I don't know if you knew this. So, you know, Kara Swally, uh-huh. um, she started out, um, she didn't start out, start out, but she, I think she'd been practicing for a few years. And then she, when she decided to go out on her own, I was wanting to cut back, and so she started out like cutting cutting back on the days I was uh-huh. working. So I um, rented my room out to her for oh, a couple of that. days. I yeah, do you do remember that. that? I do remember that. Yeah. And um, I mean, it was I thought it was a pretty good deal at the time. Like I didn't take nearly much as much of a percentage as most spas do, so it was it was kind of nice. But I knew at this I, at the same time I knew that she's <laughs> clever enough that she'd be like asking the office manager, "How much is it to rent a room?" Right. Here? Like, oh, right. I could save yeah. money, and it really didn't take long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know what? At the time, it was great because it gave me a break. It kind of gave me some passive income when I wasn't in the room. Right. And it helped give her a jumping off point. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Too. And yeah. I was like, oh, I hope she's okay with me mentioning her name. I could have just been like, oh, a colleague. <laughs> but hey, Kara, if you're listening. <laughs> so here, here's a, this is, I, I always come up with odd questions. And I this, love this odd is questions. One, I, well, I was thinking about it because I have a, a friend whose daughter Mm-hmm. Um, is a massage therapist. She mm. does it out of her house. Um, mm-hmm. She's been doing it for, let's say, five, six years. Uh-huh. Um, and I know she's had some run-ins with some weirdos. I knew this question would come up. So, <laughs> Go on, it's so okay. How, I, I guess... You know, obviously, at this point, you you do a good job of kind of you know mm-hmm. people can't just walk in or right. show up, but right. but like what what was that process like dealing with the weirdos? Like, how did you get to the point where you were like, okay, I gotta I gotta put a sift or a screening process mm-hmm. in place to deal with that? Um, well. <laughs> That's interesting. You know, it's funny. So I started doing massage when I was 22, Mm -hmm. you know, young, naive, and definitely a people pleaser. And um, we went through all kinds of scenarios when I was in school about like what to do if somebody asked you to do certain things. And what I found for me, like, I better knock on wood because like, (laughs) it could happen. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to say it like everybody's like, oh, the happy ending. I've never been asked for that. I've never had anyone expose themselves, anything like that. Um, My experience was kind of like, you know, they'd start asking personal questions like, oh, you know, how long have you and your boyfriend been together? Blah, 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 blah. And just it's almost like they groom you. That's that's kind of what my experience has been. Um, And, you know, you just have to be very curt about it. it's business and you're protecting yourself, especially with her working out of her home. Yeah. And, um, really the thing is, you know, you don't owe anyone an explanation. If you feel uncomfortable in any way, you know, there's a boundary, like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable finishing this session. Um, you know, or, I mean, you can call them out on it too, but, um, I think a, a great way to avoid that though, this is, so I've hired a coach too. Um, and I started working with her back in October and she worked out of her home mm-hmm. and, um, for any practitioners out there, like I'm going to, st- I've started adopting this. And especially if you work out of your house, I think, um, whenever somebody's interested in scheduling an appointment with 
appointment with you, set up a complimentary consultation call. Hmm. And first of all, like it's a way to screen your clients. Yeah. <laughs> Ask them questions like, you know, what are your greatest pain areas? What are your greatest areas of, um, you know, range of motion issues? What what are what are the desired outcomes you're wanting to yeah. receive out of this session? Right. And so it's a way for you to screen your clients and it's also your, your clients are going to feel like, oh my gosh, they really care about me right. because you want to only work with people that you can help. Right. right. So you're actually getting down to like, what it, what are the desired outcomes and results they're wanting to get? And you have a plan for them, a plan of action for them. That's awesome. So you, you get an idea on the phone and it's not going to be totally foolproof. Yeah. There have been times when, I mean, I've, you just, and, and another thing is to listen to your gut. And that's what I teach with the coaching piece too. And that's for everyone, but you know, with massage therapists, um, listen to your gut. Like, yeah. you know, the, in, the intuition always knows it yeah. never lies. And it's when we go up into our head yeah. that the brain will be like, well, wait, maybe wait right. a minute. It rationalizes. Maybe they didn't mean that. Or, you know, no, it's just a feeling. It's fine. And no, no listen to your gut every time <laughs> well I, I think a, another good thing is at least for you maybe you could have in in your uh, studio a picture with tony with all his guns because <laughs> he's got a lot of guns <laughs> i knew i knew it like you start any shit with me <laughs> by the way this is my man this is like a <laughs> <laughs> him with like a billion guns behind him. Hi. You do anything. <laughs> yeah. If you do anything, oh, you're inappropriate. If you don't pay me, even though you're inappropriate, I'm going to sick my boyfriend on you. Yeah. <laughs> now, Alderman, I just want to clarify, you're not asking that question because you keep getting kicked out of massage. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, do we need to have, have hey, a talk? I'm a different man now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never thought about the fact that that came off kind of... <laughs> Odd. Well, here's, wait a minute. I keep getting kicked out. Hang on. I didn't even. I didn't even think that. So I'm wondering what JB's thinking over here. Let's turn it around on you. Is there an industry code word that I need to drop? Oh. But it's you know it. But it does. You know, it's a good question because you know yeah. it, it's one of those rare. Um, those rare careers that you mm -hmm. are in very personal yes. space with yes. people that are you know undressed or half clothed mm -hmm. you know yeah. and so that's yeah, i'm guessing there's a there's a lot of boundary issues that yeah. you um, yeah. that probably a young a lot of young massage therapists mm -hmm. struggle with mm -hmm. you know and um so i, I think it's a great question. especially yeah. when they're starting out you know like um like you were saying with with your business it's just like with any business like you're 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 trying to make it and so you'll take anything and so that's i think that's where you kind of second guess when you need the money like yeah. I, i'll just tell you i had a client like a long time ago when i first started he would just stare at me it was just you know and you just knew it was just a creepy yeah, vibe yeah. <laughs> and I would just like he was a good tipper and I needed the money at the time I'm like okay I'll just put up with it and finally and I didn't handle it the most professionally <laughs> like, I it was pretty much like that all right <laughs> I mean I just let it boil up yeah. and that this is me being 22 years old like yeah. immature yeah. like and then they told us like I mean, whatever it is to say, like, you know what, I'm really feeling, you know, uncomfortable or whatever. And um, I mean, I tried that and he's just and, and who knows, he might have been just a predator that just got a kick out of that. But, you know, he never said anything inappropriate. He just stared at me yeah. in his eyes and like, yeah, 
that's yeah. creepy. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just, and that's, I, just you know, that's, I finally said, that's it. I'm done with this. <laughs> Get out. And, and that's got to like be that a, wasn't very professional. a good challenging learning curve, though, uh-huh. because, you know, that, that's something that really that, that we don't have to deal with. Right. But it is because you don't want to accuse somebody. Right. You know, of of something mm-hmm. that is not the case, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, you've got to stick to your boundaries. Right. You right. know, and that that's probably one of the hardest things I would think for, mm-hmm. for young massage therapists mm-hmm. is setting those boundaries and really understanding that you, you stick to them. Yeah. You know, and it's not because of, you know, you're just offending people or you're right. rude or anything. It's just yeah. you've got to set boundaries and to stick to them. Right. And that's the thing is we just, you know, a lot of us are just, we're very caring and we want to be nice and it's like we don't mm-hmm. want to offend, but it's like, you know, in the at the end of the day, you have to protect yourself. And sometimes right. there's just no... You know, I have, whoa, just let me just punch the microphone there. I have a, <laughs> I tend to talk with my hands. Probably the more wine I drink, the more talking with my hands I'm going to get. Um, a friend of mine um, told me about several years ago, um, there was nothing that this client did in particular. It just, that person gave her a really uncomfortable feeling and she felt like sick to her stomach yeah. and, um, at you know the place that she worked she told them afterwards she's like um don't ever book this person with me again yeah Yeah. you know of course that's kind of nice you have that buffer if you work somewhere else that's right Right. when it's you you gotta you gotta be the bad guy so you know all that um and it's tough yeah so now you know when when you were younger obviously you know that you you took on clients to generate the money now mm-hmm. you're you're to the point where you can be a little bit more picky mm-hmm. um you know what do you what do you look for as an ideal client mm-hmm. now i am looking for clients i love clients that are ready to commit to their self-care and um want to do the work to help themselves yeah they i mean you know of course hence the coaching too and i i do love working with other entrepreneurs because i get it <laughs> there's just a different level of stress yep. and i mean i don't i've never had employees and um you know there's facets in other businesses that i don't have but i just i get that i get the sleepless mm-hmm. nights i get the anxiety i get that like oh my god is, is it all going to fall apart <laughs> um what have i just done um did i make the right all that i love working with those people and i love working with other massage therapists too yeah. you know i yeah. know exactly where their pains are yeah. i know that their hands are probably falling asleep at night i know that they've got this chronic upper back and neck tension and and just yeah, I, I love working with other entrepreneurs, especially just other holistic practitioners too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. well I, this this kind of goes off, but I, I want to say this because this is really important. So I, I, I forever was not on Facebook, and then I got on <laughs> Facebook, and I usually bounce in once a week, and, uh, and that's that's enough. Like I see enough things <laughs> to know what the heck's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a couple years ago, <clears throat> you posted something on Facebook, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was about. Um, like an entrepreneur who charges a price. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm an artist. I tra- mm-hmm. If I'm charging $55 for mm-hmm. this art um, and I'm selling at a show mm-hmm. and someone comes to me and they want to barter, barter mm-hmm. that price down. Well, you take 45 and it's like, wait a minute, that $55 takes into account the gas to get there, mm-hmm. the time to get it, the right. materials and all those things. And you made it, it was a great post just talking about, you know, when an entrepreneur a small business owner puts a price out there. Mm-hmm. They're not putting it out there to become millionaires. They're putting it out there 
to sufficiently do what they do, mm-hmm. pursue their passion, mm-hmm. and and earn a living at it. Mm-hmm. And 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 I I was wondering if you could just talk on that a little bit because I, I just I wanted to get that out before I forgot because I thought I think that's that's really important. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about you know doing starting off and you're kind of priced to get a job mm-hmm. not necessarily to make tons of money yeah well just talk about that a little bit about you know that that post in particular and I, i'm not sure what even spawned it but it mm-hmm. was about you know people that are entrepreneurs that have a price and have mm-hmm. a product work hard at it and every single dollar that's put into that price is accounted for sure mm-hmm. sure i think it's about just about owning your worth yeah and um I mean, we're, we're, of course, you know, and this is, this is where I'm working with through my own money stuff. You said, we're not doing it to make millions. It's like, well, there's nothing wrong with that. If we're mm-hmm. wanting to make millions, it's mm-hmm. like, I like to look at it as, uh, the more money I make, um, the more people I can help, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like that creates extra money that I could give to charity mm-hmm. if I wanted to, this is like, maybe eventually I would hire right. other people. Um, but I think it's all about owning your worth and you know, you have something of value to share with people mm-hmm. and it's important to charge, um, you know, fees or, you know, if you're creating programs, like it's an, you know, investment and in creating offers for people that have value. And at the end of the day, it, it is a business and that's part of like, you have to, in order to stay in business, you have to charge enough mm-hmm. to be able to make a living. And it is, it's not just, um, like with your products, these are, you know, hand, hand created, mm-hmm. handmade. And this isn't just something like that's just mass produced right. in China. Right. <laughs> you know, this is somebody's yeah. heart and soul mm-hmm. and you know, it's unique Yeah. and there's a value to that yeah. and it needs Absolutely. to, you need to charge yeah. Yeah. a fee that reflects that. Yeah. Yep. And I think, you know, you go back, you know, money is a, a, it's a tough subject mm-hmm. because I think from so many of us, you know, through childhood and everything, yes. you're always taught you don't discuss money with people, you know, that's your own private business, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And we're all taught the phrase of, you know, money's the root of all evil, blah, blah, blah. You know, and when you go back to that phrase, that's actually, that's not the phrase. Right. The phrase is the love of money is the yes. root of all evil. Yeah. Yes. You know, and so many people miss that first part. Yeah. Of, yes. You know, and, and you're taught that, you know, especially in service industries where mm-hmm. you're helping people, you know, mm-hmm. those type of things of, you know, well, you're not doing it for the money. Well, yeah, you are, mm-hmm. you know, because you've got a yes. family, you've got a house, you've got cars, you've got things mm-hmm. you got to pay for. Um, and so money is not a bad thing. Right. And charging more for a product is not a bad right. thing. You know, it's what you do with the money you make right. as you make more that mm-hmm. can become the bad thing. Yeah. Yes. You know, and so I, I think a lot of people struggle with getting over that mindset yes. of it's okay for me to charge more for my product and mm-hmm. be proud of what I do mm-hmm. um, because it's better. You know, I mean, I, I get it all the time where, you know, even people that are, are friends, you know, and we've known as part, you know, family and stuff will come to me and say, hey, can you can you build this? We've got this, you know, I've got this piece of furniture I want you to build, blah, 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 and you price it out. Oh, well, I can go get, you know, something like this at Ashley Furniture for, you know, $400, mm-hmm. and you're trying to charge me 1000 it's like, yeah, but do you understand what I'm building you is not rolling off of a factory in China <laughs> right. made by 12-year-olds. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm actually building it by hand yeah. in a shop. Yeah. just specifically for you yeah you know yeah. and a lot of people you were in such a consumer society with the the mass retail and everything mm-hmm. and Amazon that we forget mm-hmm. the fact of what actually goes on behind a lot of what we bought yeah you know? 
Yeah. Right? People people don't understand what what unique cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. time. I mean, yeah. my time has value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah. your time has value. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I people all the time, hey, how much would it cost me, you know, do custom, you know, my daughter loves horses and my mm-hmm. wife loves butterflies and whatever. Yeah. We have a place in, you know, Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? A lot. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't even priced it out for you. I, a yeah. lot. So we don't really need to talk. You think, you go, well, yeah, I'll pay. No, not four hundred dollars. Like no, like I have you. You would have to pay me the mm-hmm. week and a half that I would lose yes. to that. I know I'm going to make my money doing mm-hmm. what I do to drop all that and do your piece. Right. Yeah. And uh, and nobody they don't want to they don't want to hear that. Like right. in their minds, they don't process it that way. Right. 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 And that's okay. I think you know that's the thing. Um, I charge more than most massage therapists, and I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> um, and, and same goes with what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, how do I explain this? Um, I don't feel the need to justify um, or, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I might explain the prices a bit. Um, no, but if you got to justify it to somebody, mm-hmm. that's not your potential That's customer. not. That's, yeah. that's your that, Right, exactly. they're not a good that's fit. And I have, I have wonderful colleagues that charge less than I do that do a great job that I'm happy to refer to. Right. Um, and what this is something I've learned. Like a big thing with in the coaching program I've been in, it's really about healing our money story yeah. <laughs> and yeah. owning our worth. And it's really powerful. And I actually love talking about this. Like I used to avoid when I ta- wanting to talk about money and because we have all these beliefs um, around it. Um, and one of the things that I have really embraced is, um, how did she, how did my coach put it? It's just talking about like, it's not so much about what, I mean, first of all, I think my services are worth it. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about are my services, are my programs worth it? My clients are worth it. My clients that's, that's are worth point. investing yeah. that mm-hmm. in them. And as far as like the programs, yes, they are an investment. Um, this coaching program that I invested in, I could have bought a car for yeah. it, you know, and yeah. it's worth every penny because here's another thing too. Um, for like, for me to adapt the changes that I've built into my practice, um, like if my coach charged me a thousand dollars for a year long program, I wouldn't have done it. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. not enough skin in the game. There mm-hmm. has right. to be just enough skin in the game. It's kind of yep. like, um, so to each his own, like I work out at, I, I'll just tell you, I work out at orange theory and, um, to do unlimited orange theory, it's like 150 bucks a month. Same thing like CrossFit is like a couple hundred dollars a month. Some people can pay like $30 a month for a gym membership. And right. sometimes I kind of think like, well, maybe I should go back to that. When I was paying 30 bucks a month for a gym membership, I never went. Right. Yep. And it's not that I don't like to work out. I love to work out. It's just that, and especially being an um, entrepreneur, there's so many other things that can get right. in the way of your self-care, yeah. oh, including yeah, sure. exercise. And yeah. so... Guess who shows up at Orange Theory? <laughs> like, because it's 150 friggin' dollars a month. Yeah. So I go. And so, um, you know, money's just so interesting. Like, it, yeah, it's just, I think it's, it is. It's about, yeah. you know, especially with health. Um, and somebody in my group had this quote that she had created that something about, um, you know, in the retail world, you know, discounts are great. Discounts and sales are really great in the real to retail world. It doesn't work in the health 
mm-hmm. and wellness industry yeah, yeah, because yeah. you don't want to cheapen your health and wellness. And then there's another quote um, that I just love, and I'm, I may not get it quite right, but it's something like, um, a man with his health has 99 problems, and a man without his health only has one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and that's, you know, and and that's, that's how true that is. You know, when you don't have, you know, what are the first world problems, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. saying when, when you don't, when you don't have the major problems, um, you know, a lot of times we, we tend to forget to be thankful that we don't Mm -hmm. have those major problems Mm -hmm. and we focus on at the end of the day, what, a lot of people would give their arm to yes. have the minor problems yeah. that, that we're yes. blessed to only have, you know? And so it, it's true. It's mm-hmm. how true, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's, you know, it's a struggle. Um, but, you know, to get back on just, just placing your value on your worth, mm-hmm. um, that's hard. That's, that's very hard to do. It brings up a lot of shit. It does. It really <laughs> does. It brings up, you know, cause you don't, you know, you don't want to, to feel like you're being arrogant. Mm-hmm. You don't want to feel like you're being prideful and those mm-hmm. sort of things. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to respect what you do and mm-hmm. the value you, that you bring to it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so understanding that, you know, there's there's a niche market and mm-hmm. finding your niche, I think, in any business that yes. you're building and growing is key. You've yes. got to find your niche and where you fit. Yep. You can't be everything to everybody. Exactly. And, and I think a lot of businesses try to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll see, you know, from the from the various, you know, Facebook chatter pages they are with every little town and community out mm-hmm. there, you know, where you'll get people posting out that, hey, you know, I need this service and I'm looking for this guy. And, mm-hmm. that, you know, what they're really looking for is just somebody that will do it cheap. Yep. Yeah. You yep. know. Yeah. And you'll That's get right. the, the the 50 million responses of the guys diving in, yeah. you know, that, oh, call me, I'll do it, I'll mm-hmm. do it cheap, you know, and yeah. cheap is never cheap. Yeah. 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 And it, it, it never is. No, no, you um, end up, it, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> you end up having to do the job right. over again right. often. You know, and, it, and it's the same thing with, with what you've talked about of, of transitioning your business, you know. Mm-hmm. You can go to many massage places yeah. and do it cheap and get a mm-hmm. massage. Mm-hmm. But you're not dealing with the stress that's causing the knots in the back mm-hmm. or the neck or the wherever and the pains, mm-hmm. you know, or the underlying, you know, medical conditions in some places yeah. and things. You're just getting a cheap massage. Right. And which, it might feel good. Um, there's a, And that's the thing is, too, it could piggyback on since I so when I first started doing massage, there weren't a lot of massage therapists out there. And now, you know, massage has become a lot more mainstream and there's a ton on a massage therapist out there there's fewer like really great massage therapists I happen to be friends with quite a few Um, but like you were saying you can go to a cheap massage place and um, and that's not bad because there's a lot of people that that's what they want that's okay and we'll just talk about massage envy like massage envy isn't that cheap but they have like the promos the the promos the promos the promos Um, and when I first moved into that building that's when massage envy was opening up and people were like oh are you afraid of the competition really i'm not because that's not what they do but i feel like it can be a blessing and a curse yes there's a lot of practitioners that feel like they have to compete with them um but it also gives you a chance when somebody says well wait i can get it there for 45.95 for an hour session why are you charging me you know xyz and it gives you the opportunity to explain Mm -hmm. the difference Right, and that's the thing is, I think of it as um, no disrespect to massage envy um, because they it does have a place. It's really I think that those places have exposed 
bodywork and massage to the masses. Right. Um, I kind of think of it like a great clips for massage or maybe fast food for massage. And that's that might be what some people want. Mm-hmm. That might be what they they can afford. And that's great because they quite honestly might be getting what they need. Yeah. Right. Um, I do think that you're, you know, I have a high value around connection. And I, a lot of my um, colleagues do too. And you're probably not going to get the level of care that you would with an individual. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so it, it, I guess it's all about what you want. And I had just heard a quote, um, a quote or, or some kind of, um, an idea around, it was something like how you shop. It, God, it wasn't a quote. It was something like something about like how you shop is how you're, the kind of clients you'll attract so like if you're um and like a colleague of mine was talking about like she only buys things on sale and she buys things at deep discounts and it's like that was the kind of clientele that like she attracted like one of the discounts Mm -hmm. all the time and it's like that makes complete sense it's kind of that law of attraction sort of thing but you know it's just kind of like being the kind of client that you want and that that is nothing wrong with looking for sales and things like that and saving money but it's just like i guess what's the intent behind that like are you in that scarcity mindset like oh, i can't ever afford to pay full price yeah. for something you don't see the value in it and i, exactly. I completely agree with that exactly i've went into yes. homes on numerous occasions mm-hmm. um to do a quote somebody wants a custom building they want a custom mm-hmm. piece of furniture they want something and you go in and you know they've got stuff from ikea sitting in their house mm-hmm. right. and you right. immediately know they don't see the value right. in what i do right because yeah. if, if you know if you're filling your house with with stuff that the you're cheap. buying from IKEA, yeah. mm-hmm. you're not going to see the value in what I'm about to give you a price on. Right. Yeah, because they you can know. throw that away in a yeah. year. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. that, you know, yeah, I, I relate mm-hmm. to that. I relate to that. Well, yeah. you know, it, it is you you want. I, I personally, I want to get um, a good product. Mm-hmm. I want to pay. You know, I want the best price I can get. Yeah. Sure. For a good product, but I want a good right. product. Bottom right. line, like that, I don't start off with like, just give me a great product. What's the best price I can mm-hmm. get? Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I want a great product, yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. then within that spectrum, I want the best price I can get. Yeah, sure, great sure. Product. You know, and yeah, I and I think that's you know there are a lot of things in life that you can look at and say you know what I can buy this based upon price. If I'm buying a TV. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. 50 places sell the exact same right. TVs. Yeah. And I can find the TV that I like and I can shop around and figure out who's got that TV right. for the cheapest price. Right. That's one thing. If it's something that I'm doing to my body mm-hmm. or if something that I'm doing to my home. Yes. Um, I probably don't. You probably don't want to just live on the cheapest. Yeah. Uh, right. What say. that is. Right. You know, now, now some Agreed. people that's that's what they can afford, mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, it gets back to finding your niche, you know, mm-hmm. and, and everybody everybody needs that that to find their niche you know and yeah. some people are very happy you know i mean i i've known guys that have done great work and didn't charge enough for it mm-hmm. um but that just wasn't that just wasn't them they were mm-hmm. very happy and content with where they were mm-hmm. and the size they were mm-hmm. um you know and, and the world needs those right you know we, you know it's, it gets back to the you know, caddyshack phrase you know well the world needs ditch diggers too yeah <laughs> You know, and it, it's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there has to be people um, that are content yeah. with with that line of work and that yeah. price and to live that way. 
um, but you mm-hmm. can't shame and look down upon the people who aren't right yeah. who want more and offer more because it's never the people that say I'm going to provide the same quality and I'm just going to charge more for it mm-hmm. those people don't survive yeah right, right. so yeah. you know an entrepreneur that really looks at their business and says my stuff is worth more money mm-hmm. than this other person over here is charging mm-hmm. for their work mm-hmm. um, you know I, I think most of the time that's probably right yeah you know they're able to to look at it and yeah you know really justify that that what they're doing is worth more yeah and you know and that's that's hard i think for us as entrepreneurs when you start out of getting to that point to where mm-hmm. you can say my work and my quality of work and my effort and my commitment and my passion towards it is worth more money than what somebody else is doing yeah and i think like yeah um so much about that because like like you were saying that the guys that were charging a certain amount and they were completely content with that like that's the thing is i think whatever you charge if you feel good about it great like yeah, yeah. you know if i have a massage therapist down the hall that charges a dollar for her services for an hour session and she feels he or she <laughs> feels good about that then great i think if you feel it's got to feel good to you yeah and um and i think just um what you were saying about the the people that just i'm going to give the same value and just charge more i mean there's always like it's like come on are you just inflating your prices i'm all about like over delivering i do like to not over delivering but going above and beyond mm-hmm. for clients i'm just i'm not into undervaluing <laughs> like, right. you know i think right. it's really good to just really go above and beyond and and you know make your clients happy um but you have to have value to that and you have to charge something that's sustainable it's like and you know the guys that you know didn't charge didn't charge very much you know they may be happy with that but are they still in business there is that thing too right you know it Mm -hmm. still has to be at the end of the day it still has to be profitable for you to keep going right so we we often talk about you know when you're in business in particular small business you have to have a passion for mm-hmm. what you do because really the passion is what gets you through the lulls. Mm-hmm. It's the passion. Like your commitment mm-hmm. is driven by the passion. Like the passion mm-hmm. gives you purpose. Purpose gives you direction. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about just how the passion for doing what you do has carried you through what is now um, you're going on two decades. So. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to answer this because I, can I, I don't want to make it negative, but, um, no, just make it, let's just be real. Um, I will say like there was a, a big chunk of time that I wasn't passionate about what I did. Mm -hmm. And, um, I guess I was kind of in coast mode and I guess this is kind of one of the hurdles that I was um, thinking about too, is, um, you know, I was in that point where I was honestly ready to just quit. I mean, several times, like you were saying with the lulls, I mean, I, um, I was so ready to just burn everything down because I um, I was working really out of alignment with my values and um, you know you can take all kinds of business advice like oh my god especially like <laughs> these old beliefs like the customer is always right and um, you need to be available whenever for the customer or the client and um, I was just really burnt out like cramming too many people in uh, for me and that's the thing is like um, figuring out in this industry, figuring out a client load that's sustainable for you. Like there's some, there's some massage therapists that can see like, this is, gonna, is not going to sound like a, a lot, but 20 to 25 people a week, yeah. you know, I cannot do that. I yeah. just can't. And I used to feel really bad about that. Like I used to compare myself to others and yeah. it's like, no, nah, I'm like good with seeing about half of that. Yeah. Um, 
and but I was trying to work like other practitioners and just in the way that like you know I had joined networking groups and you know you get all these you know uh, business advice from people and it's like oh you've got a client that comes in every Thursday night at seven o'clock we well, want to keep them happy I'm like fuck that I yeah. hate working uh, at seven o'clock at night yeah. like getting home at nine yeah. and eating dinner at nine thirty and being burnt out and exhausted and having yeah. like the scraps like I had scraps left over for yeah. my relationship and um so it's kind of the opposite of your question like I was really in a phase where I was just totally burnt out and you know and like I said the irony of like oh yeah my clients were leaving feeling great but I was right. feeling like crap and um, you know you get to that point where uh, it was not a healthy place and would you like to go to this massage therapist um, you know a client is coming in um, kind of complaining about wh where they're having these aches and pains <laughs> and about life stuff I'm like I was like yeah, F you. <laughs> like, do you even have any idea? Like, and I went through this period where I was just in this anxiety insomnia mode for several yeah. years. Yeah. Like, sometimes I would sleep like an hour and a half, two hours a night. And so, like, I'd come in and I'd be working on, like, fumes and mm -hmm. people just unloading their stuff. And, you know, I was just so done. Yeah. Yeah. And really, and it got, you know, it got even worse. Like, um, you know, my stepdad passed mm -hmm. away in um, April of, what year are we in? 20, so 2017. And then my biological father passed away in January of 2018. Yeah. And before that, Tony's dad had passed. So we've yeah. like lost a few dads. Um, and so, you know, through the grief process and, um, you know, that really exacerbated the insomnia. Like I was so fried and really it wasn't until like I started working with my coach and I kind of did a different program with her back in like um so like my dad passed in January of 2018 I discovered a program of hers um that was geared toward massage therapists and that was in March and um I mean Tony was on vacation that week and I had and I was sick I was sick because I just probably ran myself down and um, I happened to discover her program and I was like, oh my gosh, she gets it. And so it was that when I started working with a coach that that reignited my passion right. and, and yeah. really thinking about my why. And also, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, she teaches you how to leverage your time. So you're, yeah. it's not just tied yeah. to the table. Yeah. Um, and what I've discovered, you know, that was the original intent. I really knew that like, look, my arms are gonna fall off. I can't right. keep working this way. And right, it's like, right. you know, at two, three in the morning, we're like, oh my God, is like, there has to be more than to life than this. Like, I can't keep doing this. And, um, you know, like starting to work with her, like, of course, you know, I'm, I, I ha and that's the thing is, massage therapists do have a shelf life. I don't know how yeah. long I'm gonna keep doing massage. You know, I think, physically if I'm working at this level it feels great because right. I found something that's sustainable right and as long as it feels light and I still have the passion I'll keep doing it in three to five years I don't know I might I may or may not um but you know she has taught me just through trying to figure out how to ways to start leveraging my time between um massage sessions I've also found figured out that this work actually helps my clients even more right. so it's a great win-win so I guess mm -hmm. that's where it's really reignited my passion yeah. and I'm 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 so excited about it it's like it feels like went back in 2000 when I first started doing massage like yeah. I I have that excitement again so well, it's interesting because I I found even myself like this year in particular mm -hmm. <clears throat> 
um, I've been working so much smarter mm-hmm. and not nearly mm-hmm. as hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I'm I'm cutting. I cut my point where if I have a show coming up, mm-hmm. you know, two years ago I'd be working until four in the morning, yes. getting stuff done, getting on the road at seven. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I I steal a two hour power nap. Mm-hmm. Right. And then get on the road going to Ohio or yeah. wherever and yep. get there tired, set mm-hmm. up, go through the whole thing, do fine. And it's like now it's like, no, I, I, I do this amount of work. I, instead of doing 25 things, I do 18. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so my per show profit has gone up like 30 percent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm coming there with less product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm bringing less product to the same show. But making thirty percent more money—it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and and so it's it's all about you know working smarter, not harder, yes. and and that helps the passion a lot. Yes, <laughs> you know it what I'm saying. Really yeah. does. It, it fortifies the passion. It's like, oh man, well shit, it, this yeah. is working out all right. Yeah. You know. Yes. And I rem- I remember those conversations that we've had in my shop at late night, yeah, mm-hmm. prepping art for a show and, yeah. and having those discussions that you know. But if you raise your prices to this, yeah, you sell less. Yeah. Yep. But you make the same amount or more yes. money yeah. with less work. Yeah. Yes. You know, and yeah. so, but it, it takes time. It takes it time to really get there. Um, you got to really understand your market. You got to yep. understand your customer. And you've got to, you know, because that's a, that's a big step, you know, setting and raising your prices, mm-hmm. you know, is a it's a big step because you're afraid of losing business. Exactly. Yeah. Your you, gremlins start to go off like, oh, what the hell are you doing? Oh, my God. Yep. You know, like, yep. oh. You know they're gonna all leave. Nobody's gonna buy from you anymore. Did you? Were you scared shitless when I, you raised your prices? I raised my prices and and I went to a show in uh, Muskegon, Michigan, mm-hmm. and that was it was this year when I raised them and everything. And I mm-hmm. went there and I was just like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. Just yep. do it. Like just what? Right. Do it. You know. Right. And um, it's one show. It's not like you can't drop them and go right back. It, and that's realize exactly. It work, that was exactly know? my thought. Yep. And it, it was it was amazing to me. People walked in my booth. And they bought stuff and they said, we love it. It's great. Blah, blah, blah. We especially love that you priced it affordably. And yeah. I was like, I just raised the prices. Yeah. I need to raise it high. You, right? yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. They're like, we were just so happy that yep. it's priced affordably. Yep. And, and so that, it was like, psh, yeah. boom. And that's, yeah. a, that's a tough thing. You know, I, I'll, I, when I started my business and went out on my own, you know, I've had, I've got two brother-in-laws. They both have successful businesses. You know, one retired when he was 42. Um, wow. wow. You know, and <laughs> yeah. And he's got a GED, you wow. know, I mean, so yeah. it's all about passion and knowing yes. what you're doing, but also knowing where you fit in the market. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, he was, he was involved in racing and what he did, he charged a high price for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he, but they both gave me the, the same advice set your prices high mm-hmm. yeah. because that that differentiates a customer right because the customers that come in and they look at the high price the customers that you will get will understand that what you are doing sets you apart from the cheaper guys right. yes if you just price yourself on the low end everybody that come in assumes you're giving the same cheap quality right. as everybody else that's priced mm-hmm. on the low end Mm-hmm. You know, right now it's harder to build a business yeah. when you're trying to maintain a high price. Mm-hmm. But when you do, you have a much more Solid. stable business. Mm-hmm. You have a much more stable yeah. business. And there's some quote that's like something: things are not both like things are not expensive and valuable at the same time. Things are either expensive or valuable. 
Right. And you know, it's yep. it, it's um, you know, if you if you are giving a quality product or service that's valuable, it's it's not expensive. Yes. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, and I just, it's funny, um, I was just reading on a an, an, an online site that, you know, guys in my industry, mm-hmm. all get on, they got their forums, mm-hmm. and some guy puts out there um, that yeah, hiring an employee is expensive, mm-hmm. you know, and the next response was, what makes you think that hiring an employee is expensive? Because really, if you're hiring the right employee, right. they shouldn't be expensive at all. Right. They may cost more money per hour, mm-hmm. but you should easily make your money back, and that right. employee shouldn't pay for themselves. You know, if you're looking at adding an employee as an, as an expense, mm-hmm. then you're going about it all wrong. Right. You know, yeah. adding an employee should be it's an extension of your business. It's a way mm-hmm. to expand. It's an asset. It's an asset. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we just, so we had just went through, you know, and, and understanding your worth and that sort of stuff. So we mm-hmm. just had went through, um, you know, looking at, at making an acquisition of a business. We've mm-hmm. looked at a couple of them over the last year. So this particular business, the owner is an absentee owner. He lives in Florida six months out of the year. He mm-hmm. takes a paycheck. He just looks at the financials and he's got a whole team in place to run the business. Mm-hmm. So we took the financials, we ran them through a couple banks that we're working with. We kind of got our own metrics, you know, that we applied to the P&L of, of within this industry, what a P&L should look like, where everything should fall, what profit they should make on the revenues, and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, so we came back and we gave, a, 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 you know, an offer. Mm-hmm. So the broker that's got the business listed comes back and says, well, you're about half of what he's wanting. Well. You know, one, what he's wanting then is crazy because (laughs) we know where we're at and Mm -hmm. we've had our number confirmed by two different banks. Mm -hmm. So we know we're legitimate. But it comes back to this guy who wants money for, you know, you know, while he doesn't work at it, you know, so if you want to work at it every day, you know, you can replace an employee. So that's Mm -hmm. more money you can make out of it and trying to explain to him that, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not buying what Mm -hmm. I can make the business. Mm -hmm. I'm buying your business as you run it. Yeah. You know, if you want it to be worth more, then you go work at it and you make it worth more. Right. I'm not buying my labor and what I'm going to turn the business (laughs) into. I'm buying your business as it sets. Right. You know, and it's, that's hard because I think a lot of people look at what their business can be, Mm -hmm. you know, and, they, they fail to jump in and really make it that, mm-hmm. you know, and especially after, you know, 19 years, which is, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's roughly the situation this guy's in. I think he's had his business like 17 mm-hmm. years, you know, and so he's gotten to that point to where he's more in the coast mode, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, well, then I'm buying a business that's in coast mode, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, right. and, yeah. and he doesn't agree with that. He thinks right. his business is worth twice as much, right. you know, and in, in all honesty, his business very well could be worth twice as much, mm-hmm. but it's not today. Yeah. He's right. in coast mode. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so it's, again, I just get back to after 19 years, so many people work towards getting in coast mode mm-hmm. and to see you go back to, you know, really looking at how you can change your business to mm-hmm. um, better support your customers and better adapt mm-hmm. and to better suit you to mm-hmm. what you want out of your yeah. business, you know, and reigniting that passion yes. and kind of finding it again. Yeah. You know, that's a hard part because most mm-hmm. people get into that rut of, I want to be less involved. I don't mm-hmm. have the passion to work as hard at it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so that's, 
that's that's very admirable. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Well, I, I think I think one of the things I've really admired about you is just the fact that you know, and we've talked intermittently all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's hard to wake up and do what you do, and and I personally, just because you're a very positive person. I, I've Thanks. just always, you know, now Tony's probably like, oh, boy. Oh, not always. <laughs> Tony's like, man. He got the scraps for years, yeah. remember? <laughs> they were not positive all Tony's the time. like, hey, hey, put a note next to that statement because I don't know about that. But, no, I mean, you you, you, you bring your, your, your persona mm -hmm. is so positive. And, and obviously in every way, I know you've had stuff go down, you know, loss and family mm -hmm. and things, and, and you've – You've always been the same, Diana, to me. Oh, and, that means uh, a lot. Yeah, it seriously. Really does. And it, it, it just, and I, th I think that's a huge part of your success, mm -hmm. business-wise. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's awesome. So, Thank you. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just happy to know I've known you more than a decade, mm -hmm. and you're the same person that I knew the very first time I met you in the the office suites oh, so that yeah means so much seriously to me. <laughs> seriously and it's just Aww. it really is and it's 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 awesome to be able to you know years later be sitting here having a podcast talking about things that are mm -hmm. so connected and relatable and, yeah and the fact yeah. that we're all in that building at the same time yes. and didn't have any ideas yeah. is crazy right right, right. right. yeah That's and so, so for cool. those people listening in you know so um, so Odwin has an office that he works out of part time um, in, an, in an office suites, um, you know, which they're, they're popping up everywhere now. Or if you've got a, you know, your own small business or, or whatever, you can go just go rent an office. You got a receptionist in the front. You've got access to a conference room, those sorts of things that you can have. Um, Diana's her office is in the same building. Um, so for, for several years, I worked for a company out of New Jersey as a salesperson, and I worked out of my home. In order for me not to have to sit at home all day, I also had an office in that building. Um, unbeknownst to us, um, <laughs> we were all three in the building at the same time. Um, me and Odwin actually were, our doors were about three or four doors <laughs> apart, and we had no clue for a long time that we our doors were three doors apart and we were both in there but you know on on a on a on a, a note to to not make us look quite as crazy as that <laughs> i was there during the day Odin yeah. had a yes. day job yeah. and yeah. would use that office of an evening yeah. so we were never really crossing yeah. paths yeah. you know coming in and out of the doors at the same time yeah. but it was just crazy when we realized you know we're having dinner one night with our wives and start talking about my office in Plainfield and all of them, I've got an office in Plainfield well where's yours oh well, mine's at this place well I've got an office there where's your office in the building well my office is on the first floor you know on the east hall and when you come in that's the first one well mine's the fourth one when you come in on the same hall and you know it was just it was quite funny as we realized that we were literally three doors apart in that that office complex it's crazy uh, but those office complex are popping up but yeah. they serve a purpose oh yeah because there yes. are there are i see a lot of you know hairdressers that yes. pop up that they don't yep. want to pay booth rent if you're going right. to pay booth rent and be a part of a big thing if you've done it for a while yep. the same as you and you've got your clientele yep. yeah why pay booth rent and be a part of a big salon when you can just go have your own yes. shop you set your own hours you yep. have your own space 
and yep. it, it's just yours with mm -hmm. your clients. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think they're tremendous. They're yes. tremendous um, and, assets. And Jaeger, I mean, you going back now. I mean, they they've had. I mean, Plainfield's twelve years old. Yeah. So yeah. they were way ahead of like all the yes, stuff, the startup were. stuff, and Fishers and Carmel. Yeah. They they were way ahead of that crap. Right. Yeah. Like way ahead. Well, they put the first one up in Fishers. Yeah. And I think that you was know. completely accidental. I think that that's the story behind that was they, because um, they were a construction company and I, I don't know if they had a warehouse. It, you know what would be fun is to have one of the Yeagers on. I, I just thought about that when we yeah. were talking. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, um, oh, my gosh, it'd be so much fun to, if they would do it to have a couple of them on. Oh, I, that, I think that's the only way to do it. <laughs> oh, my David goodness. and you get David when he's not <laughs> traveling around the world. Get him yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that they had a warehouse or something, some kind of office building or a warehouse. And I think that they just somebody approached them or they just they had some empty space and they offered. Yeah. To, to rent it out to some to another company or something just to store things or, or something like that work out of it and I think eventually they got kicked out of their own space like they just had so many <laughs> I think you'd have to ask the Eggers but yeah. I feel like that that's the story like they had so much interest that they're like oh my gosh like we don't have any room for us anymore and so yeah. that that spawned yeah. the, the idea and yeah. the concept to create the office the office buildings and i think like it just goes to show that this this is a great day and age to become an entrepreneur it's like oh yeah there's so many opportunities yep. and like it or not like especially with social media it's like when we yeah. could talk about that oh, yeah. like, it can oh, be yeah. a blessing and a curse but it's free advertising yeah yeah and um and now it's it's kind of like i mean i just can't imagine like why wouldn't anybody be an entrepreneur <laughs> well because yeah. it's freaking hard but yeah. um like yeah. i just can't imagine working from for someone else ever and, and but it it takes a you know, to be an entrepreneur, and I think that's why, um, you know, these conversations that we are there, we're kind of gearing this podcast towards with just really anybody that's an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and building something mm -hmm. is because entrepreneurs in and of themselves have a very unique mindset yeah. of, I can't see myself working for somebody else. <laughs> I did it for 20 years right. and I was miserable and unhappy. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, you get to now to where, you know, I mean, I the money I've made over the last three years probably doesn't equal the money I made the first year out of college. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe that eh, probably does. You know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I was making far, far more. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, working in corporate America for mm -hmm. somebody else. But you can't put a price when when you have the freedom. Mm -hmm. To go do what you want to do, you know, yeah. um, you know, y yesterday for, you know, not to put a downer in here, but we put our family dog to sleep. I'm so sorry. I was able to set it home all day yesterday with the dog before we took it to the vet. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. have done that had yeah. I had it right. if I was working yeah. for somebody else. Yeah. I could not have done that. Right. You know, there's times where, you know, we, we've needed to do something. You needed to, to you know... Uh, a daughter that that's out on her own had a car breakdown mm -hmm. you know or she needed to get some work done on a car and you needed to help her out run her someplace do mm -hmm. that sort of stuff if you're working for somebody else you can't do that right yeah. right and so the hardest thing in a a, a money driven capitalist society mm -hmm. is being able to put value on your own freedom of your own time yes yep. yeah you know yep. and, and and that's a challenge that's a challenge yeah. with you struggle with because you 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 pass off certain things mm -hmm. you know yeah my wife don't drive the new mercedes mm -hmm. you know um mm -hmm. 
or a used Mercedes for that yeah. matter. <laughs> um, you know, but on the flip side, we have a lot more freedoms in our mm -hmm. time to go do things that we wouldn't have otherwise. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what separates an entrepreneur is being able to understand that there's a lot of value in that freedom mm -hmm. that money can't account for. Right, exactly. And I think it's just, I think entrepreneurs are living more in alignment with their values, talking about value, but what, like, what your values are. And I think, yeah, um, yeah and I think I, I've been thinking about values because we usually have like five to seven core values and right. um, we have our core values and then, then there's should values, like mm -hmm. what we think we should be valuing. And, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I think like sometimes, not that there's anything wrong with the Mercedes, um, but I think, you know, in the U.S., I think there's a lot of should values around um, status yep. and drive and ambition. Yep. Yep. And that's okay. I think that's fine if that's a core, a true core value. Yep. I think what happened, what the problem is when you think that that's your true value and you're living out of alignment to try to achieve yes. that. And so, yep. and I, and I've been, I was thinking about values this morning a lot. And one of my core values is freedom. And I got to thinking, it's like, okay. Probably um, every entrepreneur or small business owner, one of their core values is freedom. Absolutely. Freedom slash autonomy. Absolutely. Because that's why we do it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Just to have that. Yeah. And it's, fun it's funny because as you, as you said that, I thought back to years ago working for another company and the president of the company, you know, we did part of the company in, in the manufacturing process was unionized. And so you mm -hmm. had union employees. And so business had dropped. You know, the business was poorly mismanaged. It mm -hmm. was second generation, handed off to the sons who were, were running it directly into the ground. Mm -hmm. So you had the oldest son who was the president of the company, and they have in contract negotiations with the union on cutting hours because mm -hmm. they've got to cut back hours or cut back staff because, you know, production, production has dropped. Mm -hmm. And so the oldest, the CEO, president of the company, shows up on the day that they are having union negotiations with a new $120,000 Mercedes oh, driving it. Oh, And it's like, oh. you just, you you really yeah. are are that completely unattached, unattached. Yeah. To, to what is going on around you wow. that you have no concept wow. of how this looks. Total disconnect. Yeah. Total disconnect. <laughs> and it says everything. Oh. And I would guarantee you to this day, there is still no connect, Yeah, right. you know, be, between that, that that was just such a bad look, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of times that just, but it's the difference on whether or not you had built something from the ground up mm -hmm. or whether or not you're, you're, you know, that's why most businesses fail in the second generation. If they yeah. make yeah. it that far, they yeah. fail yeah. in the second generation yeah. because that, you know, the, yeah. the, the kid did not go through the struggles of building it and understanding the value of an employee yeah. to understanding of how much, what you get yeah. comes from the employees. Yeah. You know, and so it's just the the look at that was just so bad, and it always stuck out with me that how how could you be that completely detached wow. from how this yeah. is going to come across? Yeah, but that's really you show up to negotiate with the union on cutting pay and in a new Mercedes. Well, I, I oblivious. We, yeah, we you know you talk about the freedoms of an entrepreneur, and we suffer many slings and arrows. But mm -hmm. um, I just got back. Um, Monday from a trip to Wisconsin, a fishing trip. It's a guy trip. We've taken it for 20 years, celebrated the 20th was year. Was it the 20th year? It's the 20th year. And it was interesting. I was sitting on the back porch and 
it's a beautiful house. My my buddy's parents have this beautiful house on the lake, and I'm so blessed to be able to go there. But the first of the 20 years, first 15 of those 20 years, I was working mm -hmm. at FedEx, mm -hmm. manager, all you know, 60 employees. Mm -hmm. And it would take until, you know, we would get there on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. It would take until the following Wednesday or Thursday for me to – let Unwind. go. Fully decompress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is when cell service wasn't that great. So you cell phone calls didn't get in up in the Northwoods. Mm -hmm. And then, you. so it's Wednesday, Thursday. By about Saturday, mm -hmm. you start thinking about, God, what am I going back to? Mm -hmm. How many yeah. emails? Yeah. What problems? You know, what blah, blah, blah. Did you ever have sleepless nights, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was terrible. And so it was interesting. I, I noticed that this year and i'm sure it was last year and the year before i just sat there and i just had my arms crossed sitting on the back porch and i was just enjoying every bit of it and i was like how fortunate am i mm -hmm. that i'm doing my own thing that i have the freedom yo i'm doing well enough to be able to come up here mm -hmm. bills are good money's good i'm gonna go back pick up where i left off and keep grinding away the way I'm working and doing my thing, but in a healthier way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Smarter, but it not was, harder. It was just, it was, it was a cool. It was a great thing to recognize. Like, mm -hmm. oh shit! Like this is really cool. Like this is yeah. awesome. Like I'm up here enjoying every bit of it. There's nothing that I'm dreading going back to. Mm. You know, and mm -hmm. and I was like, I, FedEx could not pay me three hundred thousand dollars to to have that value right. to value it right it was it it's was priceless it is and it was it was a very uh liberating feeling and mm. just you know i was talking about like you know the shows you know selling more and stuff i mean that's part of it fortifies the passion yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's like wow this passion turned into the purpose which turned into the direction and it's all working out. Yep. Mm -hmm. It really yep. is. Yep. And it, it was just, it was an awesome thing. And my buddy, you know, he he was there was something that was going on when he left. Like you know, one of the clients is something was going on in his job, and that kind of followed for a couple of days, and then he had nothing, and then he had a couple other things that hit in the middle. And I was like, God, I remember it. I yep. remember it like it was yesterday. Like where you're not getting away. Yep. The, the monkeys are always on your back. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I got to ask a, a body-mind coaching question here. Did you, when you remembered that, did you feel that anywhere in your body? Did you notice like a visceral reaction to that? Well, Even though it wasn't yours? You know, I, yeah, well, to, to my buddies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I, I really felt bad. I felt bad because I was able to see mm -hmm. it affect him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I heard that uh, from yeah. him. and uh, Yeah. Like I'm watching your throat clench yeah. up. And it's like this yeah. is where stress comes from. Yeah. You know, and I was and I saw it and I was like I was like, shit, man, I was living that twenty four seven. Yes. Like yeah. this just hit him yes. here. Like I was living it all day, every day. Yeah. Like no wonder yeah. I had a stroke. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and then I was like, Man, I was so happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, let's drink some more beer. Let's just hang <laughs> let's just let's just run this thing. Let's just yeah. do it. Yeah. Because I was like it, it, it all like four years all wrapped up in that yep. moment mm -hmm. and, and when that, when i saw him and sitting there thinking about it and mm -hmm. it's like it's priceless the yep. freedom is priceless 
Well, yeah. my my so my kind of I guess awakening to just the difference that it made in me was last fall I went to the doctor, family mm-hmm. doctor checkup, mm-hmm. and I've been on high blood pressure medicine for years, mm-hmm. you know, and. So I go to the, I'd actually, the reason I had to go, I'm, I'm not a, a go to the doctor person. I hate going to the doctor. You know, my wife would tell you that it's, you know, very frustrating to her to try to get me to go to the doctor <laughs> over things. Um, but I just, I don't like to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I had run out of my blood pressure medicine and it had always been, you know, I'd been on it so long. I've taken it. Um, every time you go into the doctor, they take your blood pressure. Blood pressure is fine. Well, it should be. I'm on blood pressure medicine, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'd ran out and I hadn't been on it for like four or five days because I'd ran out and I had to go back in to get seen by the doctor to do another exam so he could renew the prescription, yep. you know, to give me another year's worth of refills or whatever. Yep. Um, and so poor planning on my part. I was out four or five days before I go in to see the doctor. I go in, does the checkup, blood pressure's perfect. Mm. You know, and he goes, yeah, your blood pressure's fine. It's obviously working. And I said, well, actually, I haven't, haven't taken it for four or five days. Wow. because I've been out, <laughs> you know, and he goes, incredible. okay, so if you haven't taken blood pressure medicine for four or five days, that's out of your system. You know, he goes, so what's going on? What's, what's going on in life that you're coming in here now and your blood pressure's fine? Because one, it should be up just because you're making a doctor visit. Right. Two, you've been off your blood, your medication for four or five days. It should be up. So what's going on? And I said, well, you know, year and a half ago two years ago i you know just quit my job couldn't do it anymore and now i'm just working for myself and this is what i'm doing and he goes so no stress i said no there's stress you know there's still a lot of stress but it's a completely different kind of stress yeah you know it's a completely different kind of stress you know and he's like well you know i'll write you another script but you know you don't have to take it anymore because if you're coming in here four or five days whatever change you've made in your life has been completely worth it and it's working so just you know keep doing it and if you don't want to take blood pressure medicine don't take blood pressure medicine and and, and I, I kept taking it for a while yeah yeah and, until i hit you know I, I went through back in uh end of march i kind of decided to just to make a, a complete change in my life and diet and everything and i haven't taken it since you know i probably haven't taken it about two months now well what's interesting about that is so i never was on blood pressure medicine and when I went to get my checkup, my, my annual checkup, my doctor was like, and so I, I, I got a new boss, new position at work, a lot of stress, a lot of stress. And so my doctor was in, and that was in a year, a yeah. year time. Yeah. So my doctor was like, uh, what's, what's, what's going on? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, something's different because your blood pressure is like way up and it was never up. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, new boss, new jobs, stressful. And he was like, change it. Yeah, he st- yep. flat out. He was like, yep. yeah, "You got to change it." Yeah, and I was like, well, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Well, the numbers, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Okay, let me exercise and work out and diet, and I'll get mm-hmm. it down." I said, "Give me," I think I said, "Give me," I said, "Give me three months." Yep, and he's like, "I'll give you two weeks." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, "Come on!" He's like, "No, it's too love. high." He's like, "It's yeah. too high." He's like. Three months, if you come in here in three months, it, it might be too late. So, no. He's like, I'll give you two weeks, but you need to go on blood pressure medicine. I'm like, what the heck? But it was the job and the boss were the only two things that were different yep. from the year before. Yep. And so I left there, went and had a bad week yep. at work. Yep. And we had already planned to take a vacation to Brown County, which is we go to this cabin and hang out on the lake. 
And uh, the day before we left, I talked to Vicky on the phone on my way home. And she's like, I'm concerned you sound really stressed, like anxiety. And she's like, I've never heard that in your voice. And um, she's like, I want you to check your blood pressure. And so I stopped off at CVS and I checked it in. It was high. It was, it was like 189 or something or 190 or something like that. And so I went to the doctor and I said, hey, I'll take it. I'll take yeah. the medicine. He put me on the medicine. We left the next day and I had a stroke. Yeah. Wow. Just yeah. like that. Like, so I had, the, I had my annual checkup what, a year ago. The year later, my numbers were through the charts, yeah. through the roofs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he was like, no, yeah. no, this, yeah. this is not going to work. And it just goes to show that it, there's the two differences. You know, here's yes. one where you left yeah. the job yeah. and your blood pressure goes down after you're not taking it. And then mine, I had this job, it switched and went even more stressful and my blood pressure yep. went through the yep. roof. You know, and I'm glad we wound up here in our conversation because mm -hmm. I think there are so many people, I've talked to so many people that are in the same place that we were. Mm-hmm. When, you know, backstory, me and Audwin with our, our wives, we're at a wine bar um, here at a place in Indy um, prior to all this happening, um, late 2015, yep. and we're both discussing how much we didn't enjoy what we did and we wanted the freedom to do what we wanted to do mm -hmm. and be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. That was in the fall, yeah. in the spring. Audwin was forced to do it through medical conditions, mm -hmm. you know, in the stroke, and I just up and did it. Um, completely out of nowhere just couldn't do it anymore and I think there are so many people out there in corporate America yes. um, that are doing jobs that they don't like they have ideas they have passions that they want to pursue um, but it's the it's the same thing that, that me and you were hung up on for so many years of letting go of that paycheck oh yeah that's it taking that leap that's it and yep. it's that is you, it. you've got to get past the mindset yep. that the money is what makes that decision yeah. um, because I can tell you, Audwin can tell you, Diana can tell you that there's more, there's so many more things that, that, that pay off mm -hmm. in doing your own thing and mm -hmm. having your own freedom um, that you can't quantify with right. money. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think of how far I, I mean, if I tried to continue to work that job, one, I think I'd be put in the ground, but two, yeah. I think of all the gains that I've made, it would take me a lifetime yeah. mm -hmm. of working that job yeah. and trying to do my art at the same time. Yep. 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 You, I need yep. 150% concentration, focus, and time yep. mm -hmm. devoted to yep. the art as a, as a career. This yep. is what I do yep. in order to make all the gains I've made in like three and a half mm -hmm. years. Yeah. And it's, you know, and the thing is, is nobody probably could have told me that when I was working. Right. You know, and you've kind of got to take that leap. You've got to jump off and you do it, mm -hmm. um, you know, but now being a couple years down the road in it, it it's it's unbelievable. The, the reduction in stress, mm -hmm. the reduction. And it's not because there's more money around to right. pay all the right. bills. You right. know, so many, so many people associate that with the stress right. yes. that, you know, oh, if I only made more money, the stress goes away. Yeah. Right. And it's not, you know, but, it, but I would have never believed it. Right. Yeah. But being where I'm at now yes. and having went through it, I can tell you that on a fraction of the money, my stress is way down. Right. Mm -hmm. You so. know, just because there, there's so many more things you get to enjoy in yeah. life, having freedom to do your own thing.
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as we wrap this up, we haven't talked about much, but me and Audwin are drinking a Three Floyds gumball. Yeah. Uh, gumball head, uh, yeah. which is actually, if you're a uh, Cubs fan and, and popping into Wrigley Field, that's one of their new ads this year into Wrigley Field is they've picked up Three Floyds um, and offering gumball head. It's a great beer. Um, Diana's a little more high maintenance. <laughs> um, she, she's actually drinking wine. She's having a cab. She's not a she's not a beer connoisseur. But at or the end a of wine the day, connoisseur, but yeah. Yeah, because it's it's not really a high end cab. <laughs> Let's not say <laughs> what it is. It's not Boone's yeah, Farm. Yeah, not the Boone's she's farm not Strawberry it. Hill. <laughs> yeah, she, she is a step above those, but she is drinking a cab and a wine there. Um, so so you know. Condolences to your boyfriend that you're all behind me. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, whatever. <laughs> um, oh, I have to say, I've been chomping at the bit on what you guys were just talking about. I know we're getting ready to wrap up, but it's just like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's exactly what you guys were just talking about is why I do what I do. Yeah. Like, I just, because the thing of it is, like, start, we all know we have stress and we mm-hmm. all know, like, the statistics, like, well, I'll just throw this out. I think it's like the Harvard Medical School said between 75 and 90% of all doctor visits start with stress. I believe it. Um, so, it, you know, it depends on which medical study you say, but it's usually between 70 and 90%. And, um, I mean, a little bit of stress is healthy. I mean, because, you know, in order to grow and get out of our comfort zone, it's going to create some stress. Absolutely. Right. right. So, yeah, you know, it, it's healthy to have some stress. Otherwise, we'd just be blobs and just not challenged at all. And we'd just yep. be kind of coast in coast mode. Yeah. Um, but it was so interesting to hear the different. And I was wanting to ask you when you were in your corporate job, like where you were feeling, like, did it affect you physically? And I mean, obviously you had the yeah. blood pressure and yeah. um, everything else. And yeah. what a difference it is because you left. And then years later, all of a yeah. sudden, you didn't even know. It was like, you don't even need this high blood pressure medicine. And then yep. mm-hmm. on the flip side, I'm so grateful that <laughs> I, whenever I found out you had a stroke, I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah. I just could not believe it. Um, At f- but it just goes 40, to show. How old were you? 40, 44? 40, yeah. yeah. 44. Uh, you know, young, healthy yeah. person. Yeah. That just goes to show how much. And you are you just seem to have the you know you're not like a typical type a like yeah. pretty easy going yeah. um but even the even the non-type a's they still absorb and internalize stress and it yeah. just goes to show like you know what can happen if if chronic stress is left oh, yeah. untreated like yeah, if you don't create a change and it's like what are you waiting for are you waiting because eventually your body is going to Peter it's, out it's in some out. way. Yeah. yeah. Someone told me once, and I agree with it. Stress is like sand in the gears of mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, 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 sooner or later, it's going to grind yes. down. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, like I said, I've said it before. I mean, multiple managers had strokes before me. Yep. I, I know you saying that. Three or four of them had strokes after me. One that I know of had a heart attack and died. I mean, it's yeah. not a coincidence. That's, that's mm-hmm. not just like. Right. Just. Yeah. It just randomly happened. Like right. it's all connected. Yeah. We're all tied to the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the stress. Yeah. Yeah. And your body notices it before you do. And when you were talking about like the money, we get so attached to the money. And that's like, you know, that's the thing is like, um, I was telling Odwin a couple weeks ago, like there's these studies about the enteric nervous system that um, we actually have three brains. I know this is going to sound new agey and hokey, but that we actually have three brains and we have the gut, the heart and the head. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we're making decisions that are more aligned with us, it starts in the gut. That's where the intuition yeah. lies. Yeah. And then, like, heart-centered decisions, like, your body will, like, like a deci- like when you asked me to do this interview, it wasn't any how to, it's like, oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Like, your body, like, even your body language, it's like you lean into it. Yeah. It's just, you know, the head, the rational brain, we do need it for kind of figuring things out, but we yep. spend yep. way too much time yeah. there, especially yeah. when it comes to yeah. money. Yeah. That's where our limiting beliefs are that's yeah. where our ego and our gremlins are like oh my god i can't leave though yeah. because the steady paycheck and blah 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 blah. and meanwhile your body's just like odwin <laughs> yeah. uh, about to have a stroke yeah you gotta yeah. leave and it's yeah. just waiting yeah. until like you know that's the thing is i want to help my clients before they have that health crisis yeah. because it, you know it. it's just you know if you if you keep on, you know, if you're living in that chronic stress and uh, tied to that certainty and that paycheck, um, what is it costing you? you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It could cost you your life yeah, eventually. Absolutely. It could yeah. cost a relationship. Um, it could cost a marriage, you know. And there's a lot of things that are at cost. Yeah. If you're, you know, living out of alignment with your values and you're living in this chronic state of stress yeah. and, um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. part of why I do yep. what I do. And as we, you know, kind of as we wrap up, I just want to say to, to the, you know, any of the listeners out there, you know, all three of you, if if you're <laughs> if you're in that mode um, and you're, you're thinking about making a change that, of doing something, I, I would encourage you 100% to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, disregard the money. Yep. Yeah. yeah, everybody's got bills to pay. Yeah. Um, if you're committed to what you're doing, you're going to figure that part out. Yep. Yeah. That part comes. But there are so many more rewards um, to doing it and jumping out on your own and working for yourself that can't be quantified. They can't mm-hmm. be summed up here in an hour and a half on this. Right. Um, but it is worth every penny. I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't go back and redo anything. Um, yeah. Since I've left over the last three years of building my business, there are changes I would make mm-hmm. if I had to sure. go back and do it again. Yeah. But that 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 That's step part of process. Of that day of telling my boss I can't do this anymore, mm-hmm. um, you know, of it's a was a absolutely fabulous company I worked for. Mm-hmm. I mean, hands down, the best industry. Mm-hmm. I worked with the best people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a great boss. Um, we had a great CEO. They were very smart people. They were building a great company um, that I worked for. It just was not within me anymore to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and being able to listen to yourself and to take that plunge, it, mm-hmm. it's important and it's key. Go pursue your passion and go do it. Um, and with that, uh, thanks for tuning in. And we'll uh, talk to you on the next episode. You got awesome. it. Awesome. All right. Thank you. This has been fun. Thank awesome. You. Thank you, Diana.